Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast. This is Jared Shaffet and Artemis Brower. We're coming to you uh, two weeks removed from our last episode, and uh, we're, we're ready to get back rolling with with our weekly episodes. Uh, last week, I was in quarantine. Um, thanks to thanks to my wonderful wife Savannah. Um, she want, she wanted me to make sure that I was keeping a social distance, and I said, Savannah, the people want to hear. A boneyard podcast. They need to hear us, Jared. They need to hear us. <laughs> so, so that's what that's what I did. I uh, I came in and I, I told her. I said, "We're we're doing it. Me and Artie, we want to we want to get this thing back rolling." Mm-hmm. Um, so here we are. Um, Artie, do you, do you have any input over what's? Well, you know, on a, on a serious <laughs> note, you know, we hope you guys are definitely out there staying safe. Uh, this thing is getting more serious. You know, as as the weeks and days progress. Um, there's more cases, there's, there's uh, more deaths. So, you know, just um, stay safe, guys, and, 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 you know, don't, don't you know, not take this thing serious. It is a very serious thing. Um, you know, the only reason why Jared and I are meeting, because we know we don't have it, um, but social distancing, distancing is a very, um, you know, important thing that we should do. I know it sucks. There's no sports. There's no going out. There's no going out to eat, to the movies, none of that. Um, but it's something that's necessary. For all of us to stay safe. So, um, but in the meantime, we will try to provide some entertainment for you and keep you abreast of everything ECU. So, so yeah, um, like like already said, we're we're trying to get on top of these sports things. There's not really much going on um, as we've talked about in the past. Um, but what we want to do is we want to continue to keep sports on top on top of everybody's minds. Mm-hmm. We we know that. It's an important part of a lot of people's lives. It is definitely for me. I know it is the same for you, Artie. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I was telling telling my wife just the other day. I was like, "Yeah, like, I, it's not that I want to get back to normal. I miss sports. I miss sports. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> that's, that's about it. <laughs> that's like, right now. Like, yeah, th- this this uh, this virus is. It's scary. It's it's mm-hmm. sad. It's um." It's weird, but right now, I just want to and get back to sports. We're not trying to downplay it, but sports is such a huge collective part of our our social, you know, especially in this country. You know, we don't we kind of took it for granted before this happened, but it's it's such a huge. I mean, it just it brings every walk of life together. Yeah, you know, we can forget about all our our you know problems and come together and watch a sporting event or you know go to a sporting event. So you know, we we kind of took it for granted just how important it was just for our social cultural aspect um so it's important to at least do this you know to try to keep people entertained and keep people abreast of everything so yeah and i mean just like you said i mean it's the one thing that i've noticed since all of this started is sports is what brings people together mm-hmm. that i mean that's the one commonality that i i found um, maybe it's just the people i follow on twitter but mm-hmm. um it's, it's the one thing that Everybody can get behind us. There, there's sports are a passion for a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially in the United States and worldwide. But I mean, I know so many people that that that's all they that's that's their escape from exactly that's from, their from escape it. from reality. Exactly. Um, it, it's it's a trying time, but and it's important. And, and you know, we we hope we get it back soon. But most importantly, we hope we beat this virus first. That's the most important thing. So, um, keeping 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 healthy and keeping safe, and and honestly taking time to be with your loved ones. You know, this is a perfect time to actually just spend time with family 
and loved ones and get to know each other again. So, yeah, and I mean, I've been doing plenty of that. I've been spending so much quality time at home <laughs> um, with, with my dog and with my wife, and it's it's yeah. been good. We don't we don't we don't get that that often. And right. Mm-hmm. I, I I see so many people at home or um, on Twitter on social media saying this has been a blessing because we've been with our families. We've been mm-hmm. able to take a break from life basically. Mm-hmm. And that, that that's the one, if, if there's one silver lining out of this whole thing, that would be it. That's the one silver lining. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited about that. I'm happy that, that that's something that we're getting to do, but mm-hmm. I wish it wasn't in these circumstances, in these circumstances. Yeah. So um, since since the last time we talked, there there hasn't been any new things happening right. <laughs> in the sports world. Um, one thing that we can talk about, Artie, we can talk a little bit about. Um, uh, I'd like to start off by talking about the NCAA mm-hmm. granting seniors that are in spring sports mm-hmm. an extra year of eligibility. We've talked about this mm-hmm. on the last two episodes of the podcast. Right. Um, I, I mean, I think that I think that's great. I I saw earlier this week from an, a tweet from Stephen Igo from Hoist the Colors twenty four seven Sports, saying that three of the seniors on the ECU baseball team, three out of the four, are, have actually already said that they're coming back mm-hmm. for next year. So that that is that is a huge thing for for ECU baseball. Um, Artie, I'd, I'd like to get your take on it. I won't. I won't get on my soapbox about the NCAA because I have some some differing opinions on the NCAA as a whole. Uh, in my opinion, they are a pimp that uses these student athletes <laughs> just for, for for money. And that's and putting bait, it lightly. And that and that's putting it lightly. Um, there are, to me, they're always late to the party, especially with this coronavirus thing. They're the last ones to kind of pull out and and, and cancel the tournament after everybody else had said, "Okay, this is a serious problem. We need to go ahead and cancel these tournaments and cancel all of these meets." Um, but to their credit, I will say this was something positive. Um, this is, you know, these kids deserve and not, not just deserve, but they have earned the right to come back and to play another season uh, if they so choose. Some of them are not. Some of them are foregoing their senior season and going straight to the draft. Have no problem with that e- either. Um, but I think this is a very nice gesture, excuse me, by the NCAA to, um, to give these, these, these seniors who have earned the right to play their final season another shot to come back and play. Um, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not going to get on the soapbox here because I could talk about the NCAA forever and ever and ever and ever about what they're doing wrong, but they did do this one thing right, and, and I, I, I agree with it, and I like it. I, I think it's a good gesture. Yeah, and I mean, the, with the NCAA, a lot, a lot of people are wondering, okay, well, how, how is this affecting the sports teams? Mm-hmm. How is this affecting the universities? Um, I saw earlier this week that, I mean, they're withholding the – Three hundred, I think it's three hundred thirty-five million dollars, mm-hmm. which is the money that they would have made from the NCAA tournament, right? Um, which is understandable. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a smart business decision. It's about the only smart business decision that the NCAA has ever made, mm-hmm. ever. Um, so that's, I mean, that, that that's important to see that. Okay, they understand, but it, it sucks at the same time that right. I mean, th- this money is money that conferences. And athletic programs, they they already have it written into their budget. Right. They've already got it written in, so they're they're wondering, okay, well, how are we going to make this money up? And um, that that's that's something that's important. I don't I don't know how they can make this up. Um, right. Do you uh, would you have any suggestions? You know, 
as as far as economic impact, I, I don't I don't think there is going to be a way to make that up. I mean, money is going to be lost. Money is 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 lost. This is something that we've never gone through before. This type of situation hopefully never happens again. Um, but we can't determine that. We can't determine the end. All we can do is do a patch job, and the patch job has to be a pretty good patch job. Um, and I think it's important for the NCAA. You know, this this is a a, a good step for them um, as far as letting these kids come back for another for another season. Um, but economically, monetary wise, um, you know, I don't know what the 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 solution is as far as to try to make up some of the money that's going to be lost uh, because of these sports not being able to to go on as as scheduled. Um, that's a that's a very good question. To be honest with you. Yeah, and so going back to the article written by Stephen Igo on Hoist the Colors twenty four seven Sports dot com, um, the three players that are coming back. Are Tyler Smith, Cam Colmore, and Matt Bridges? They're all. Now, this is for baseball. This is for baseball. Okay. They they said they're all coming back. Um, they'll they'll be back um, for sure next year. The only one that's still up in the air is Nick Bar Nick Barber. Nick Barber. Um, he's a third baseman. I mean, he. This is really like this is one of his times to shine. I I was expecting him to do a lot of big things, and he was already doing a lot of big things mm-hmm. this year. Um, on on the field, but I was I was expecting him to get drafted. With how the MLB draft is going to happen this year, I, they've already said that they're going to tone it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not really sure on if that's going to affect his decision. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess would be yes, it will affect his decision. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll most likely try to see um, talk talk to some people around the program, talk to some people that may have some more knowledge about what's going to happen mm-hmm. come the MLB draft um, mm-hmm. to see, okay, what are what are my chances of being able to start pro ball this year? Right. Um, and to me, it, so, it sounds like a no-brainer that he, he'll eventually come back, but mm-hmm. he's got to do what's best for him. Exactly. And, I mean, that, that's our thing. I mean, we're, we're a player's podcast. We, we want what's best. For the players. For the Absolutely. players. I mean – Way too many times the players get overlooked and all this, and it's really based off of them. It's it's off of it's it's everything is based off of their hard earned work, blood, sweat, and tears. So exactly, it's it's really all about them. Yep, and um, so yeah, that's that's really what we're what we're looking at. And I mean, I I saw that there's still some talks about granting uh, winter sports, some of those winter sports like basketball, mm-hmm. being able to grant them an extra year of eligibility. Um, I don't. I don't foresee that happening. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I mean they've had their season. They didn't have most conferences didn't have their full conference championship, but they had their full season. Right. They were able to be seen by the NBA, be scouted, um, get their numbers, get their reps. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't make much sense for them to grant them an extra year of eligibility. My one question, though, for the NCAA, how does this affect? The freshmen that are coming in—that—that's the one thing that, right? Because think about it: like you've got a set number of scholarships mm-hmm. that you can use in college sports mm-hmm. and in a specific program. And some of these programs, they're they're going to be over scholarships now because they have seniors coming back. So what 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 happens? What's the solution then? So you know, do you do you deny some of these freshmen, or do you? You say, hey, you know, you my, might have to be. My guess is more going to have to redshirt, but this, right. this is going to be. Gonna say that. This is going to be something that affects sports. 
this this is a year like on. yeah three four five maybe even a decade down the line we still might be seeing the ripple effects of of this yeah so um, but you know what what is the answer though you know this is something you know we we can't just you know look back and say oh well this is how they did it thirty years ago when this happened this didn't happen thirty years ago this didn't happen fifty years ago it happened a hundred years ago and <laughs> <laughs> nobody nobody knew what exactly. college sports were going to be at that point so yeah I mean it's it, it's been rough. Um, it's been rough as a sports fan, but um, I'm glad to finally see that the NCAA mm-hmm. is doing something for these players. And, and they they hear the, the 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 chirmer, they hear the talk. You know, the NCAA is not stupid; they're not naive. Right. You know, they understand what people feel about them. And so, I, I, hopefully, this is them turning a new leaf and and actually starting to do the right thing for these for these players. Not just you know giving them another year of eligibility, but um, you know some other things down down the line. That I think they should do for these players, but we'll get into that on another, another show, another day. Yeah. So, um, th- this podcast today, we're 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 really just trying to put things together mm-hmm. um, as, as we can, bef- since there's really no new sports news to talk about. Right. Um, Artie, we talked about this. Um, we asked, what we did was we asked people on our Twitter mm-hmm. to send in some suggestions for. Topics, topics yep. um, related to ECU sports. What and we asked for your suggestions, and we told you we would pick some of them. And so far, we've gotten some suggestions, and um, one of them was ECU Mount Rushmores. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we've talked about how we're going to do this, how to kind of spread it out, um, sp- spread the wealth of of knowledge, <laughs> so to so to speak, but. Um, one, one of those ways we talked about was we wanted to start off and do three the three major sports, mm-hmm. baseball, basketball, and football, mm-hmm. over the next three weeks. And then on the fourth week, we will do an ECU, we will do an ECU Mount Rushmore. Throughout all sports. Throughout yeah. all sports. All sports yeah. the, Very excited for that. The top four ECU athletes of all time. Athletes, I should, I should throw this caveat in there, mm-hmm. athletes or coaches. Or, yeah, yeah, because we've had some great coaches as well. Yep. So, um, Artie, let's – You want, why don't you say – I'll go ahead and let's, start, with, let's my, start with, that. My, with my Mount Rushmore, which, you know, it, it's – we're doing basketball today. Yep. Um, now, going, to the, going to the hard court. Throughout our history, I will be honest, ECU basketball has not had the greatest uh, players come through. We haven't always had the best record, but we have actually had some diamonds in the rough – uh, so I will go ahead and start with mine. Number one, I got Akeem Richmond, um, and I, and I will say all of my players played from twenty or two thousand nine to two thousand nineteen. All of all of my guys are within the last decade, um, but I got Akeem Richmond. Number one uh, was there from twenty twelve to twenty fourteen. He was a graduate transfer, um, most decorated three point shooter in ECU's history. Um, at the time, he was I think seventh in the NCAA period. For three points, you think about all the great three-point shooters come to the NCAA. Akeem Richmond was seventh when he graduated from East Carolina. Um, I do, I, I, guys. For for those of you who don't know this, I I was or I'm a former president of the Minchies Maniacs, and I remember sitting there and watching this guy drain threes, mm-hmm. just drain threes from warmups throughout the game. This guy could post up from anywhere yep. on the on the court, 
and drain a three. And if you don't remember anything else about Akeem Richmond, he was the guy that hit the game winner against Weber State yep. in the CIT championship game. If you don't remember anything else, he's the guy that saved the day and brought us our only tournament title in basketball history. Um, so that's, that's who I got one. Two, I got Miguel Paul. Now a lot of people might not know who Miguel Paul is. Um, they're 2011 to 2013. I call him the Swiss Army Knife. He could do everything. Um, pass, shoot, rebound, score off the dribble. Um, whatever you needed Miguel Paul to do, he could do it. Like I said, he wasn't a household name around ECU, but he was ECU Swiss Army Knife when he was there. He did a little bit of everything. Um, number three, I got Darius Morrow, 2008-2012. Um, one man wrecking crew is what I got written down. Could completely take over games. Finish what I yep. think one thousand six hundred and five points. I think it's like fourth or fifth all time in ECU history. Um, and he started every year of his career. He's one of the few guys to actually go start to finish in ECU's basketball program. So and I, and, and that's why I put him on my list because you know I got a, two graduate transfers. So I had to throw some love to somebody who actually came to ECU, started from his freshman year all the way to his senior year was a pirate for life, um, got him at number three. And then obviously the guy who I think is going to be the greatest basketball player to ever come through East Carolina, Jaden Gardner. Uh, his freshman year, absolutely bananas. He's going to break every record we have by his junior season. Um, definitely think this guy's going to go to the draft. I think he could be an excellent professional at the, at the next level. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's my Mount Rushmore, those four guys right there. Keem Richmond, Miguel Paul, Darius Morrow, Jaden Gardner. Yeah, I mean, th- those are four great guys. I mean, if if I were if I were a betting man, I would say Jaden Gardner. He he is eventually going to make it into the NBA. Yeah. Um. I I see that happening. Um. And I, I want to let it play out. Um. I was going to put him into my Mount Rushmore. I'm actually going to tweak it just a little bit mm-hmm. since since you already have him in there. Um. Yeah. I mean. Let's talk about Jaden Gardner for just a second. Yeah, because he he, this he, man, he deserves his own little spot. He like does. this guy, uh, he put out a video this last week on Twitter mm-hmm. of just it was a highlight reel. I mean, it, watching him is a highlight reel. But that guy is a freak of nature on the basketball court. Like, and I am really excited to see where. And he gets the the thing about the thing about Jaden Gardner. He gets to the hard spaces. Mm-hmm. He gets down deep. He's not afraid to get fouled, get bumped, and he's going to finish the play, and then he's going to go to the free, lo- free throw line mm-hmm. and make one. That, that's why he is so good. And, and to me, he's a guy that doesn't need a lot of help. It's not like we need four other great players around him. I think we need two more guys. We need one more good perimeter defender. And we need one more decent shooter. And I think this team could really take off. Because Jaden Gardner, he's someone who wants to be the guy. He wants to be the guy with the ball in his hand with three seconds left shooting that game-winning shot. He has that kind of confidence. I truly believe we put two more decent pieces around him, the sky's the limit. And, and I, I truly believe that those guys are here. They're just young. Mm-hmm. The, I, I couldn't pinpoint them. Um, one of the guys that I mean I think is going to really help out for the next couple of years is um, Tremont Robinson White. Okay. Um, that dude, I mean, dude's stellar. Um, I, th- I think he's going to really provide some provide some help mm-hmm. um, to to that ECU offense. I mean, but I'll, I'll go into mine. So mine's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, I know you got some old school guys on yours. Yeah, uh, so I've got really one old school guy. And let me just preface this by saying these guys may not all have been the stellar, like, uh, they're the guys jumping at you statistically. Right. But these guys, when you watch them, they lit up the show, right? Mm-hmm. The two two more recent guys, um, they, they lit up the show. Mm-hmm. So I'll start off with, uh, I mean, I'm honestly surprised you left this guy off. First, or the only... I, th- I think I know who you're going to say. Only first-round pick out of East Carolina University, Blue Edwards. I mean, this man was drafted by the Utah Jazz... Uh, and went on to play, I believe it was about ten years in the in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to have him on, on on the Mount Rushmore. He yeah. he laid the map, and he showed that it's possible to come to ECU and be successful and be successful yep. later on. Granted, this was in the late eighties, mm-hmm. but it I mean it, it was a great I mean it's a great story. I mean he went on to play at the next level, made it to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, he was drafted. Later in the first round, I, I want to say it was around 24th to 26th overall. But, I mean, that that's awesome to say, okay, yeah, we have a first-round pick. It's mm-hmm. not it, – it can be done here, right? Yeah. Um, secondly, my second guy, um, he's back for his second stint at <laughs> East Carolina University. My man looks like a mob guy, Joe Dooley. Um, this guy, I mean – I'm happy with a coach on there. Yeah, I, I had to go and put a coach on there. I'm, as much as I uh, gave jo- Jeff Lebo some some hell as the Minji's maniac, Min- Minji mani- Minji's maniac's president. Sorry, mm. got a little tongue tied. That's the uh, that's the not your father's root beer that we're we're drinking. <laughs> currently, here. currently sipping on. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Joe Dooley. I mean, this guy. He he's come in. He gutted the program this last year. I think he. You can finally see that he is making a turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this last season we went we went eleven and twenty. We didn't have the season we thought we were going to have. Mm-hmm. But you got to also remember, he gutted the program. Right. He got rid of everybody except for Jaden Gardner, and still brought the, this team together. And they're all freshmen. They're all sophomores. Yep. You can see that it's going. It's going places, and he's he's a winner. I mean, he, you, you look at him, and you and you know. I mean, he's proven his track record is proven, and he's and he's he's a very culture oriented coach, and that's exactly what we need is culture oriented. One of my favorite things to see, I love it, watching a coach get irate. Mm-hmm. Like if a if a referee misses a call, or if one of his players isn't playing that well. He goes ballistic. Yeah. Right? That's something that we haven't had in a while. Right. Not Jeff Lebo. And when your players see that, they get fired up. They're like, okay, my coach is going to bat for me. Like, this is, this is, he's so passionate about it. He, that, that gets them inspired. Yeah. That gets them wanting to play harder for him. It's, he's, he's a winner. He's yeah. He's definitely so, a winner. So, yeah, Joe Dooley, I mean, one of the only coaches in his first stint, um, I believe he's one of the only coaches to have a actual winning record. Mm-hmm. And then he got fired, which is – Everybody at ECU, once again, going back to Stephen Iger, I saw yeah. he wrote he's writing uh, pieces on what ifs yeah. at ECU, and I did see that. Piece. And he just just came out today. Uh, depending on what day you're listening to this, it came out Sunday. 
um, talking about what if ECU hadn't fired Joe Dooley the first time around. And uh, if you haven't read it yet, I highly suggest you go read it. That's on twenty four seven sports. Hoist the colors. You know, I don't. I don't want to do hindsight bias, but I truly believe we would have taken the place of the Florida Florida Gulf Coast. I, I truly believed he would have taken ECU to that kind of level by now. You know, but I, I think it was also. I mean, I think it was also good that he did. He was able to go to Kansas mm-hmm. and get that national championship ring. Right. He learned what it was like. He learned under Bill Self, who's you know one of the top five coaches in the country. He he so. learned what it was like to go through the whole tournament. Mm-hmm. He got to the big dance. Mm-hmm. He went through the big dance. Maybe not as a head coach, but he was able to do it. And that, to me, is that that's insane that he, he's now a head coach mm-hmm. at ECU. Because you know what he's doing. He goes into these kids' houses, maybe not right now. He's calling them up on FaceTime. He's calling them up, texting with them. He's saying, look, I got a championship ring. Mm-hmm. Why don't you come here and we're going to do – do something similar. I'm not saying we're going to win a national championship in the next four or five, six right. years. It's a build. But that's that's something that we're growing towards. Well, the goal is just to make the turn. I don't care about a national championship for our basketball program right now. I, that, I don't, that's not even on the radar. Make the national tournament. championship or bust. <laughs> make the tournament. That is the goal. If, if East, you can just make the big dance. I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic. And, I mean, think about it. Like, People are going nuts over this Sup Dogs Barstool Best Bar. If you haven't tweeted yet, get, download Twitter, get on there, tweet hashtag Barstool Best Bar. Absolutely. And a hashtag Barstool Sup Dogs. I'm trying to go back to back, people. Going back to back. If people are this excited about a bar in Greenville making it to the Final Four, right. imagine what would happen if ECU were to make it to the big dance. And who knows? This, oh, people will show up in hordes. This, Look, ECU travels when they're good. Yeah. <laughs> ECU travels. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but moving on. So, right now I've got Blue Edwards and mm-hmm. Joe Dooley. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go a little bit uh, sideways. One of the most electrifying basketball players ever that I've seen in a ECU uniform to put on the purple and gold. This guy's. I mean, he's crazy. Kentrell Barkley. That was when I was going to put on Kentrell Barkley. Left him off slightly. This guy, he, uh, I mean, he was phenomenal. Just to watch coming down the lane and throwing it down, being able to was be able to throw down some of those highlight dunks. Mm-hmm. Those were some of my favorite moments. Yep. When I when I was attending the basketball games more regularly, when I was in the Minchies Maniacs, just going wild. This guy, he was. A monster, mm-hmm. just coming in, wide open. He wasn't going to lay it up. He was going to try to bring the rim down. He was going to. He was trying to break the backboard. He was trying to bang every it. single time. You know, so got to have him on there. I yep. mean, got to got to have some uh, some love for for one of the younger guys that honestly doesn't get the credit he deserves. I mean he he had some uh, he had some struggles when when he was with the program, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, dude was a beast on the court, um, and then also in kind of the same same vein. Okay, um, I, I wanted to say Akeem Richmond earlier, mm-hmm. but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to a different a different guy, similar similar uh, type player, not not as good on the, 
from three point range, mm-hmm. but um, this guy was a, he was a true leader on and off the court. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta you gotta give him credit. You got BJ Tyson. Yep. This guy, I mean, he I, I'm not sure exactly where he comes out statistically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I know he hit over a thousand points. He did. Yep. In, in his career at ECU, um, but seeing this guy, watching him kind of grow and morph into the superstar he became yeah. at ECU. Um, Had it not been for a knee injury, he might have been the greatest scorer in ECU's history. Yeah, and he, he, he was good. And I really – I was so excited um, when, when we had when we had both him and, like, Lance Tejada mm-hmm. in there. Lance Tejada, I mean, he's gone on to have a pretty good career. He's – unfortunately, he transferred out of ECU um, – He's now at Syracuse. Mm-hmm. I believe he's a senior now. So, um, yeah, I, the duo that those two could have had, yeah. then adding Kentrell into the mix, mm-hmm. that's one of those things where you look at it and you say, man, what could have been? Right. Yep. The, those three guys. So, Kentrell Barkley and B.J. Tyson, those two guys, they, they may not be the – they may not be these highlight real names. They're not the mm-hmm. – Guys that you're like, oh yeah, they they they're big time. But to me, as a former president of the Minchies Maniacs, as somebody that went to every single basketball game as a student, mm-hmm. um, and I that was painstakingly a lot of the times, especially through the Jeff Lebo years. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah that that was. Which, you know, statistically, Lebo is the best coach that we've had, even though he had a losing record when he left. Well, yeah, it's that's not hard to do when the program overall is like yeah. <laughs> got a four sixty seven winning this, percentage. This is true. This is very, very um, true. So yeah, I mean it's there's been a lot of ups and downs throughout the years, mm. but I've got to say that I'm super excited about where we're going as a program. Mm-hmm. Um, like like I said, we didn't lose any key guys this year. Right. The key guys they're going to be back for two. Three, four more years. I'm not sure where where, where was our final uh, record when we when we stopped play. We were 11 and 21, okay. so we were we were supposed to play that night mm-hmm. in the American Athletic Conference tournament. Right. We were supposed to have our first round game against uh, the sixth seed Memphis, mm-hmm. um, which I mean, uh, if you remember, we played Memphis pretty close. We played a lot of good teams pretty close, and that that's the thing. That I mean, a lot of people look at that eleven and twenty on the record and be like, "Eh, they sucked." But there's a lot of promise in that eleven and twenty-one. I'm telling you, that that's the thing with our basketball program this last year and our football program this last year. There's a lot of games that, yeah, in football, the early part of the season we got blown out. Mm-hmm. Um, probably shouldn't have been that bad of losses. Mm-hmm. You could put that on probably a first-year head coach, um, a new head coach coming into the program. But there's a lot of games we played Wichita State close. Played Memphis close. We played. Uh, we played Cincinnati close. We played Temple and that close. Wichita State game was at Wichita State. At Wichita yeah. State, and their head coach. I mean, he said a lot of times in the past playing ECU, we were like, "Oh yeah, this is a game we know we've got," mm-hmm. right? But now he's saying, he said, "That's not just they come out and they play. That's not just yeah. a group of five guys going out on the court trying to." get some points that's a team that's going out there and trying to win night in and night out Mm -hmm. and that's we 
if there's one thing we could have asked for, that's it. It's to be able it's to just win. hustle. Go out there and hustle and play hard for you guys. You know, that's that's at the end of the day, that's all we want to see. Yes, we want to see wins. You know, we, we we want to see ECU in the tournament, and we want to have a winning record. Uh, we want to win the American, obviously. But at the end of the day, if they're going out there and they are giving it their all and they're playing for their guys and they're playing hard for their coach, which I saw that this season, I know that the sky's the limit. I know there's a lot of progress, a lot of promise to be made with this team. So very, very excited for maybe not next year. I, I think next year, I'm, I'm not going to say it's going to be more of the same. Um, I think we probably improve by five or six games. Uh, but two years from now, you know, when 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 Gardner, I think he'll he'll be what a junior or or senior. So he he was a sophomore this past season. So he'll, so. Be, he'll be in his senior season in, in in two years. Which I think I think Gardner's going to stay all four years. I really do. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't see I don't see him leaving. Um, no, I, I, he's, yeah. he's not leaving this year. He's definitely not leaving and this I, year I, unless he does something dramatic next year. I don't see him leaving next year. Um, but I, I I think two years from now, by his by his senior year, um, this is a team that could really make a push. You know, to compete in the American to maybe get a bid, um, to have a winning record. I mean, that's th- these are the goals for our program is to have a winning rec- record, compete for an American Conference Championship, maybe get a bid. You know, that's, that's, that's the goal. And I, and I could see that in two years. I know a lot of people probably don't, don't, don't see that right now um, with the 11-21 record that we finished off with this season. Um, but there's a lot of progress and promise to be made, especially if you actually paid attention to these kids and watched these games this season and saw how hard they hustled. Yeah, and uh, you're ta- talking about your your one earlier when, when we were talking about Jaden Gardner. Um, I can't remember who you said had started every single game. I just pulled up Jaden Gardner's stats. Mm-hmm. Jaden Gardner, he's played in 62 games as an ECU Pirate. Yeah. 61 of those games he started. Yeah, it was Morrow, Darius Morrow. He only missed one game in his college career. So, Jaden Gardner is on the same traje- same trajectory. Um, I mean, this guy, he is – his field goal percentage is over 50%. So, I mean, this guy's this guy's Just knocking bananas. down – This guy's knocking down – I don't care where you play. I don't care what level it is. If you're shooting over 50% from the field, you're pretty damn good. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're seriously. Um, yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to pull up some more of his stats, but um, this guy, I mean – Dude was, I mean, he, he's crazy. He was 521 this year, shooting mm-hmm. percentage. Um, and that's, and to think, he's not a three-point shooter. No. And he's still, I believe he's already over 1,000 points. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, look, he, by his junior year, he's going to crush every single, or by his senior year, I should say, he's going to crush every single record. ECU has by no. by by a mile. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it, and that's the thing that I mean. It, that's what excites me so much is that we're seeing this. And uh, um, I mean, this guy, how was he not at the at the conference tournament? How was he not named first team all conference? All conference. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that either. That I is don't. bullshit. He, that he absolutely should have been Who, first team. All whoever conference. votes on that, I don't know who votes on that. But they, well, you know, it's you know, voters are a little biased. But they'll, they'll never come out and say it. But voters are a little biased sometimes, but you, and, and you do have to play for a good team a lot in a, you, a lot of those scenarios. But too. you have coaches that are coming out and asking Joe Dooley, "How was this guy not first team All Conference? Mm-hmm. How?" And I'm sure Dooley hit him with the Jordan. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. That's if there's one thing. I mean, if there's one thing I can say about being from ECU, being a a pirate myself, being a fan of ECU sports, mm-hmm. 
Um, and granted, I've, I've been with the program, been a fan of the program for almost 10 years now. Mm. I And I know the history. I know how things have played out over mm. the last um, 45, 50 years. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as, an, as a pirate, that there's some real hate towards us. There's... There's some shade. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we every single pirate, every pirate. If you don't, if you say you don't have this, you're a liar. Well, that's you, because they wanted to go to ECU. Well, and just didn't. But if you, they're being you, honest. If you tell me that you don't have a chip on your shoulder because and you're an ECU fan, mm-hmm. get out of my face. You're a liar. Right. There's no way I'm ever going to believe that bullshit mm-hmm. because I know there's so many times I. I've had this conversation with my family so many times. My family, <laughs> growing up, growing up in rural North Carolina. I mean, you're either a Duke, a Duke fan, an NC State fan, or a Carolina fan. No, we don't. We don't I, look. We don't count NC State. You're either a Duke or Carolina fan growing up. But, let's, let's, let's be honest. <laughs> I, I was trying. I was trying to be. I know. Look, I, I love Raleigh too, but you know. But <laughs> we got to be honest. But I, I grew up with my family all being Duke fans. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care for any of them. If anything, I was a Wake Forest fan growing up. Right. I mean, my, right, right my, in their backyard. I, I, I grew up in Lexington, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and I was a. I, at one point, I was a ball boy for Wake Forest men's basketball back during the Chris Paul days. I mean, I bet that was awesome. That was pretty cool. <laughs> um, so, I mean, my family we had season tickets, but most of my family was Duke fans. Mm-hmm. So that's all I knew, right? Um, and we're, we're I want to say that we're turning the corner. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna we're starting to build that name. We're starting to build that brand. Right. That hey, we're gonna come in, whether it's into Raleigh, it's into Chapel Hill, we're gonna go into Charlotte, we're gonna go into Boone. We we're gonna eventually we're gonna get back and we're gonna run this state. Because mm-hmm. we're the best program in the state. That I mean that's maybe not in basketball. Yeah, I was gonna say we say program, which program? Mm-mm. Baseball for sure. Absolutely, I agree with that. But I, I have a feeling that in the next year or two, we're going to be back and we're going to be the best program in football, which we were not too long ago. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we were, we were. It, it's consistently funny. beating Carolina. It, it's funny. State what, and Virginia Tech. What's funny to me is you've got all these Carolina fans, all these NC State fans, that they say, okay, well, okay, well, yeah, we we run this state. This is you know, what have y'all ever done? And I look back, I'm like, you know, when I was in school, I, I went to school 2013, graduated in 2017. Mm-hmm. When we were in school, I mean, we lost one game to an ACC opponent. We that, went, what, 7-1? and one? Yeah, we were like 7-1. Seven seven and one one. the ACC? When, when <laughs> I was in school, I was like, dude, we were beating y'all left and right. Right. We were, we we ran this state. We we owned this state. Look. And everything other than basketball. I don't want to ever hear anything from a Carolina fan ever again. We put 77 on y'all. 70. 70. Yeah. So, Either way. We put 70 on y'all. <laughs> like, we, and that's we not scored, a basketball game. That's a football game. There were no if – if I'm remembering this correctly, we didn't score – all of those were touchdowns. Yeah. They weren't – there was no field goals so, made from us in that game. When our, when our football program gets back right, it's, it's all the way right. So I will say that. Yeah, and we're 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 turning that corner. We're we're almost there. I'm excited about where Mike Houston is taking us. Um, 
but yeah, that's I mean that that's the future. We we've got that to be excited about. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, and once once all this is said and done, I know I know a lot of people are worried. Oh well, what happens when what happens when uh, when they cancel football season, guys? I, I saw uh, I saw a comment from Kirk Herbstreet. That guy's got his head up so far up his ass that <laughs> I like Kirk, man. I like Kirk. He, he he's funny. He's good. But like he's a very good analyst. But there, I, I, there's some I think, things I think he, he was says. jumping the gun a little bit. There's some things I, he I, says. I I'm just like, come on, man. And then his his Big Ten, like his love for the Big Ten. I, I get it. You're from the Big Ten. He's area. an Ohio State guy. So I get it. He's, man. he's always like, going to be loyal. At the same time, like, shut up. Like I don't want to hear it. Uh, I know, I already I know, I know you're a Michigan man. You're, I am. I am a go Michigan Big man. Blue, but yes. like, but. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about the Big Ten. <laughs> What's, what, look, the most important thing is having college football, having football in general. Um, I, I think Americans would go absolutely nuts if football gets canceled. I, I really do. I think they would go absolutely bananas if, if football gets canceled. I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. Um, but then again, you know, we don't know. We don't know when the end of this is going to be. They said two to three months. Two to three months from now is, what, June, July? But even then, football season is going to be delayed. I, I think it's naive to think that it's going to start on time. Football is not going to start on time. It's going to be delayed. But I do not believe that it's going to be canceled. So with that, what do you do? Because you have, you have these bowl games that are already scheduled. They've mm-hmm. already got dates for the bowl games. They've already got dates for these college football playoff games. They've well, got- because this is so unprecedented, I don't think it would be that hard for them to move dates. You know, I, I, I really don't. Instead of having your bowl games late December, early January, maybe you have them late January, early February. Instead of having the Super Bowl in February, maybe you have the Super Bowl in March. You know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that difficult logistics-wise. But then again, I don't know. Um, but I, I, think, I think it's going to be more detrimental if they just cancel the entire season. I, I, I really do. Um, now, if we're still by July – if we if, if this thing is still full speed and we've got five hundred thousand cases of coronavirus, then obviously that's sports is going to be the last thing on our minds. We're going to be trying to stay alive, so obviously we need to you know go ahead and nip this thing in the bud now. But I I just you know as much as I love Kirk Herbstreit, I don't I I think he was a little false on that. I don't see the season college football or professionally getting canceled. I just think it's going to get delayed by a month or two. Yeah, and um, we started off this podcast talking about how we asked. For suggestions, and that was one of the suggestions we we received was how are coaches, how are players, how are athletes, how are they adapting to the situation that they are now put in? How are the football players who are supposed to be in spring practice mm-hmm. right now? How are they adapting? I mean, because you got to get those athletes ample time to get in football shape. I mean, it, it takes a couple weeks to get in football shape. There's a difference between being in shape and being in football shape, and these kids are not there yet. So that's why I think everything is going to get delayed because. Coaches got to be able to mentor these kids. They got to be able to get in and, 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 and strategize and do a game plan and do film. And, and obviously they have to be together as a unit. I mean, it, for, in order for a football team to really flourish the way it needs to, these guys got to be together. They can't be by themselves just working out individually. They got to be the, in the war room together, the as, one, we, as we used to call it. The one thing I will say is looking forward to next year at, in football, we already know ECU is week zero. Mm-hmm. They're playing week zero. There's two games that day. How big would it be for us to play Marshall and have college game day there? That would be huge. huge. That would be absolutely if, huge. If, that, if that's the case, Kirk, 
Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> I've, I've picked a couple people out over the last couple weeks. Follow me on Twitter. We'll talk to you. You know what? Me and Artie, we'll come up there. We'll do the uh, we'll we'll be the guest game pickers for yeah. for the college game day. College, yeah, college game day should just come to ECU in general. It'd be one of the best college game days of all time, in my opinion. I mean, the the energy would be insane. I mean, you have at least twenty or thirty thousand kids out there for college game day if it ever came to ECU. But you know, that's all right. So let me ask you. Kind of, we're kind of going off the rails here, but yeah, just a little bit. I, I do like this idea. I like, I, I've always wanted to go to a college game day. And if, Absolutely. I mean, I'm planning on being at every game next year. I mm-hmm. want to be as long as all this goes over and blows over quickly. Mm-hmm. What? Where do you? Where would you put the college game day setup? The setup. Oh man. At, would you see for me? For me, I'm thinking you got to put it up on the mall. I'm, the the mall is it's a lot of space it's open it's a very pitch like picturesque kind of scene like, yeah can you imagine a college day game day and you know at ECU's mall I mean that would be a very beautiful setting like to put, be honest with put you. put them over near Wright Fountain mm-hmm. I mean that would be absolutely gorgeous the stadium I mean that would probably be in one of the parking lots you know have to have the stadium and Minji's as a backdrop that probably would be a, another idea um, God I'm trying to think what else. You could put them out on, um, put them out over there at the old car wash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you wanted to get rowdy, that's that's yeah, absolutely. Put it at the old car be- wash. Beer beer cans and off the stage, absolutely. Lee Corso catching beer cans and <laughs> chugging them. Yeah, that that would be that would be phenomenal. But I mean, I, I I definitely think college game is going to come to ECU at some point. Uh, and when they do, I truly believe it's going to be one of the greatest game days they've ever had. I mean, people are going to show up in hordes if that actually happens. I mean, we, we've got one of the most passionate fan bases mm-hmm. in all the sports. Absolutely. In all the college sports. I mean, yeah, can they be some um, Can they be some fair-weather fans at times? I, I, I think some can be. Mm-hmm. But that you have that with any fan base. Um, and that, that's to be expected, but... Mm-hmm. Once that once the program is finally back on track, yeah, there it's going to be hard to find a ticket. Absolutely, to, to Dowdy I mean, Ficklin. Or, when when we were ranked not too long ago, I remember that season. Uh, you know the the tailgates and the atmosphere around the stadium. You could compare that to any SEC school in the country, in my opinion. Because to me, the SEC. I mean, they they've got when it comes to college football. They are the end-all, be-all. They, they know how to do it. They, they've done it first. They did it the best. They know what they're doing. The only SEC the only SEC stadium I've ever been to to see a game is um, Williams-Brice Stadium mm-hmm. down at South Carolina. We, mm-hmm. went, we went there our senior year. We, uh, and that was a great atmosphere. Uh, that was a, it was a good atmosphere. Was, I, I won't, I won't, <laughs> they weren't that good that year either. They, they weren't that great. I, I won't say that they were – like, we were there and – the the it wasn't as loud as I was expecting it to be. Right. Well, the stadium also wasn't full. It wasn't full. I get it. I get it. Y'all are playing us. I get it. We weren't supposed to be that good. We didn't make a bowl game the year before. Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, like that that's I won't say it's a rivalry, but the two programs don't like each other. We played them quite a bit. And that's a uh, that's a game. I, I mean, already you and I were at the bars. So I think you and I were at like Pavlov's. Mm-hmm. Later on that night, I was still 
no matter win or lose, I'm gonna still rock my purple and gold. Absolutely. And I, I was still at the bar. There's we, a lot of purple and gold that night. We, we were at a the bar. Purple and people, gold on four corners. <laughs> yeah, when we were at, when we were at the bar that night, I mean, everybody was coming up to us. Man, y'all should have beat us. Like, mm-hmm. y'all, like y'all were, y'all, y'all should have beat us. You guys played the better game. You, you should have won. And that that hurt me so badly. But if you look at that, I mean, if that's how we if we win that game. I mean, you look at us. We're starting out three and zero, four and zero, three and zero. We would have been three and zero under Scotty Montgomery. Yeah. And just think about. And I think the previous week we had just beat NC State. And we down. did. We did. Yeah. So that that was a thirty three to thirty win, mm-hmm. the stripe out game. Yeah, I remember in that. Dowdy. Game. That was very good. That game. game was sick. I mean, yeah. since we can't play after three o'clock because NC State says we party too much or whatever the hell they think, but yeah, we probably do. But okay. yeah, <laughs> that, I remember people were falling out, passing out during that game, and that was—I mean, it was insane that mm-hmm. that atmosphere. But we had the best tailgate. People from USC were coming up to our tailgate. I remember that and saying, "Yo, we heard y'all. We heard y'all from like three blocks away. Like, we heard y'all were the place to be. Like, mm-hmm. people were walking by, and it was—we were mingling. We probably had." 300, 400 people. Oh, yeah, easy. If not more. And that's why I say when when, when, when we're on, when ECU football is on, we, we are comparable to anybody as far as the atmosphere, the tailgating, the, that, the, the college football experience, that experience that you want on a Saturday afternoon. We are that, you know? So, so let me let – me, we're, we're running at about 50 minutes here, Artie. Let me, let me ask you this. How will you know that ECU is back mm-hmm. for football? I would say nine wins. Nine wins. And a bowl game victory. Okay. Doesn't matter what so bowl a 10 game, win season. But a 10 win season. Nine wins in the regular season and then, a, and then a bowl game victory. Okay. And against a decent opponent, you know. Um, I'm trying to, you know, a, a Memphis or, or a, you know, Cincinnati or I'm trying to think of a team on the Pac-12 or something like that that we might face, like an Oregon or a, a decent bowl game victory against another 9 or 10 win team. To me, that, that would be like, okay, we have turned, we've turned the corner. So, for me, it's, it's, a, it's a walk before you run type thing, mm-hmm. right? It's a, okay, well, we, uh, we want to say, okay, yeah. We've got our. We've made a bowl game this year. Mm-hmm. That that's my goal next year. Next, next year's year, making a bowl game. Yeah, I'm. I'm I don't. I'm not next year's making a bowl great game. Things it's just make a bowl game. And it, it doesn't have to be a stellar bowl game. Mm-hmm. Make a bowl game. Play play a MAC team. Play a right. Play a team out of the conference USA or something like that. Mm-hmm. Make a bowl game. Win a bowl game. Right. Right. Then, not next year, but the next. Seven, eight wins, eight wins being like, okay, yeah. And then the year You're after starting that. starting to see the progress. And right. once once we can do that and do it consistently and show that we're back, mm-hmm. we're going to be back and we're going to be back for a while. Absolutely. Because I don't see Mike Houston leaving. No, I, and I think once Mike Houston gets a successful team, he'll you'll start to see the recruits change. I mean, we'll start to get maybe a one, one or two five stars. We'll start to get a, a lot more four stars, you know. Um, you can. I, I think three years from now, um, next year, you know, let's 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 make a bowl game. Two years from now, let's try to get to ten wins. Three years from now, 
you know, I could really see us, you know, ranked, pushing maybe for New Year's Six. You know, we win the American, and we, we have a good enough record. You're talking about New Year's Six. So, and I can see that within three years. But to me, turning the corner, I think nine wins. Nine, nine wins in the regular season, a bowl victory, ten-win season. That, to me, is turning the corner. And I, I think in the next four years, five years, when once we start seeing that conference realignment happen mm-hmm. again, the American's going to be there. Yeah, The American's going to pull up their seat at the table and say, look, ESPN, look, SEC, mm-hmm. look. Big Ten, Big Twelve. ACC. I mean, if we keep having three or four teams ranked every year, they're gonna ha- they're not gonna have a choice. They're gonna have. What to. are you gonna do? Yeah. I mean, when you have more teams ranked than the ACC or Pac twelve, yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do about it? And this is consistently. This isn't just some one year thing. This no. has been consistent over and, the last three to four years. And it's you're starting to see it's where when we have a team ranked like that, or when we have multiple teams ranked like that, mm-hmm. you'll start to see it. Those teams get dropped for no reason, right? Because it's the AP poll, it's the coaches poll that they pull these get pull for these teams, and they want to drop these teams because hey, look, they're they're about to take a piece of our pie. Mm-hmm. We don't want them to take a piece of our pie. We want the whole pie. Well, buckle up, buddy. We're here <laughs> and we're hungry. Absolutely, and that that's a whole power six conference thing. Would you know? Will that will that happen anytime soon? I don't. I don't think so. I, I think it happens in the next five years. I would love to see that. I mean, I, do I think the American deserves to be, you know, in the group of five and make it a group of six? You know, do in the in the power power six, so to speak. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think they've earned that. I just you know logistically, financially, you know, because money. We're right there in the middle right now. That green determines everything. You know, TV deals and all that. You got to factor all that in. It's not just what you do on the field. We all know it's outside stuff too so and it's also it's not just football can your other programs live up to the par which they have you know which yeah you're right which they have especially in basketball when it comes to the american basketball baseball baseball as well so those are the three money makers it's not like on the field we haven't earned it but it's those outside things too that go on that you know people don't talk about the, the stuff that happens behind closed doors but i would love to see the american jump into you know the power six um because we compete Every single year, consistently, and we beat top name teams, you know, um, in bowl games. So, um, do I think it happens in the next five years? I don't see it. I think in the next ten, yes. But um, I, w- I would absolutely love to see that. Yeah, I mean, I, I see it happening sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may just be and the I, optimist. And I hope that in happens. Me. I really do. That may just be the optimist in me, but I, I, I really do. I see it happening in the next five years or so mm-hmm. once we go through because what's going to happen is the the only competition we really have right now in the group of five is the mountain west and they're they're rocky right now mm-hmm. i mean yeah there, there's some question marks about who's going to still be in our conference but we just signed that new tv deal i mean outside of boise state and what san diego state i don't who else do they have that really competes like that Maybe Air Force every once in a while. Okay, yeah, every once in a while you got Air Force. I mean, Hawaii can they're, – they're not good in, in football, but in other sports they're – Which blows my mind because some of your best recruits come from the island of Hawaii. Yeah. Or the islands of, of Hawaii. But they don't stay home. They go elsewhere. I mean, if you, they, if you think about Hawaii really could be one of the – they, 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 they could be in Alabama if they really they, wanted they, to be, but they their end kids up, leave. They end up being a Heisman Trophy winner at the, 
<laughs> Alabama <laughs> University or University of Alabama. Right. <laughs> but you're Tua Tagovailoa. It could be a dynasty if they really wanted to be. Yeah. But their kids just leave. I mean, I, I don't blame them. Nobody's going to stay up. Nobody stays up to watch those kids. True. Nobody. I mean, let's be honest. There is a West Coast bias. I'm just, you know, I was raised in Greensboro, so if I had the opportunity to play in Hawaii, I don't know who passes that up. That's all. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd go. I'd go. We, you and I met some guy that went to. Yeah, Hawaii. We, yeah. That, that was that was interesting. That I mean, was. That, that that was an interesting conversation that we had with him. But, um, hey, Artie, why don't, why don't you say we start wrapping this thing up? Do you Absolutely. have any? Do you have any final words? Do you have anything you want to add? No, I, I think it was a good show. We went off uh, went off a little bit there towards the end, but uh, I think it was excellent, man. I think it was good, good dialogue, good conversation. Hopefully, li- our listeners, you know, in, enjoy it, and um, you know, for the next few weeks to come, you know, that's that's what we want to provide with all this stuff going on. You know, this is kind of a stress release for us, you know, to be able to come and do this and and, and do this show. We. We love sports. We wish we had sports on right now, um, but it's still good to be able to do this, you know, to be able to just still get together and just talk about our passions every week. So, Yeah, and like Artie was saying, I mean, this, this is something that when I can't do this, when I can't – when we can't talk about this, I mean, it's – this is my passion. This, mm-hmm. I, I love sports. I love ECU Athletics, I'm ready for sports to be back. Absolutely. I'm ready to have some real sports news to yeah, talk I mean, about. We were planning on actually talking about, you know, the baseball season and, and what's going on. And we, we actually had some content that we wanted to give to you guys. But but to to keep this program, to keep the Boneyard podcast rolling, um, over the next few weeks we will be releasing a website. That's mm-hmm. our plan. Um, once that's up and out there for you, we'll be posting all of our – all of our podcasts there will have blogs up that, that you can read um, coming from our perspective, um, maybe doing some recaps, doing some player interviews. Um, we're going to start trying to get some interviews going here in the next couple weeks. Yeah. Um, Very excited for those, by the way, because we've gotten a lot of good feedback from a lot <laughs> of good Pirate alumni and, and current Pirates. I'm very excited. Yeah, there, there, there's, some, um, very excited. there's some exciting things that are happening behind, behind, the, um, behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. As as some would say, not but, gonna spill the beans just yet. But just know stuff is stu- stuff is works. happening. You're gonna want to listen to those podcasts because yeah. those are gonna be good podcasts. Um, we're we're gonna start working more with with the program. We're we're starting to really build our name. Um, mm-hmm. So if you would please make sure that you're following us at Boneyard Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, you'll you'll see all of our latest content there. You can also um, subscribe to us on most of the major podcast places. Uh, we, right now we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Apple Podcasts will be coming soon. There was an issue with um, with the coronavirus. For some reason, it got lost in translation. I've been working. We've been working on getting it on Apple Podcasts, so we will be there. Mm-hmm. My guess is by the end of this week. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Once we're there, we will be sharing that with you all. Um, make sure that you're following us. We'll also be putting together a Facebook page. That way you can join our group and you can have discussions with other pirate fans. We, we really want for this podcast to be a way for people to be together. Yes. To talk, to talk about ECU. We, 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 we not only want your feedback, we need your feedback. So 
Yep, and also um, to that to that note, we want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. So we'll also be sharing some links every once in a while that you can actually call in to our show mm-hmm. and leave a voicemail. You'll leave a voice message, and we'll be able to play that voice message on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can either ask us your questions, leave us your comments. If you want to tell me that my breast stinks through the through the <laughs> through your radio station, then by all means do it. Um, we want to hear from you. We want to Absolutely. hear from our fans. We want to hear from um, our listeners. We know that we're just getting started. We right now um, we've got over 170 followers on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We're approaching 100 followers on, on Instagram. Instagram. So yeah. we're starting to grow this thing, and we've only really been doing it for a week or so that's yeah pushing pushing that on on social media mm-hmm. um that that's my one final thing also make sure th- this podcast will probably drop sometime tonight sunday night um if you're listening to this on monday morning make sure that you download twitter you tweet hashtag barstool best bar and hashtag barstool sup dogs give them give them some uh give them some love baby we're trying to go back to back I know, I know the University of Maryland. I don't know. I don't want. To, they got the whole Big Ten, after except this, for man. Penn State, because and Penn State's who we fought last year in the they finals. They got the whole Big Ten, and they still gonna lose. And they going still back gonna to back, lose. Baby. We, if we beat the Jonas Brothers last year, we can beat the whole <laughs> Big Ten this year. All right. So, Kirk Herbstreet, sit your ass down, and we'll be back to you next week. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. This has been the Boneyard Podcast. I'm Jared. I'm Marty. All right. Peace. <laughs>